You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back, BetQL Daily NFL Draft. Tomorrow we've about the various draft props that are available and the draft really gets intriguing there are always these turning points in the draft we think we have it figured out we really don't but we think we have it figured out according to the odds board right now and when it comes to the houston texans a lot of different opinions out there back up bql daily joe strowski aaron hawksworth and Nick Ashu in for Joe G today. We bring in Seth Payne from Odyssey Station Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Houston. He co-hosts Payne and Pendergast, 10-year NFL vet. Find him on Twitter at Seth C. Payne. Uh, Seth, the odds are telling us, okay, we know Walker's going number one. We know Hutchinson's going number two. Now the favorite for your team at number three is Stingley but we're not sure because it's plus 220. Right after Stingley, it's Aquanu and Gardner at plus 400. Do you feel like you have a good grasp on what the, the Houston Texans are going to do when their time is up tomorrow? This is this is what I feel. I don't think I have a feel for what they will do. Um, I've been going with Iki Aquanu for a long, long time. But with this news yesterday where McShay and Rappaport and a couple other you know heavy hitter types – start linking Derek Stingley Jr. to the Texans. I feel like it's, it's all but a certainty that Derek Stingley is not going to the Texans. Um, <laughs> I look, if, if, look, if I look at a Lovey Smith defense, there's two things, you know. Um, one, it's that they, it, like, you know, it used to be kind of an insult to call somebody a cover two corner, uh, but the, the Tampa two defense has never needed to take extremely physically talented cornerbacks high in the first round of the draft to end up with a Rondé Barber or a peanut Tillman or guys like that. Those guys were second and third round picks. Um, but I think that times have changed. I think that Lovey Smith working with Nick Casario might decide, you know, we do need a gifted man cover corner um, on a team to be a modern NFL defense. Soft Gardner though, still looks like the guy that fits in a Lovey Smith defense. Um, you know, they're, they're both big guys, but Sauce Gardner plays like a big guy. Derek Singley is not a good tackler. Uh, in, in zone coverage, he gets lost sometimes. I think that Sauce Gardner just makes a whole lot more sense. So my, my little conspiracy theory is that the Texans threw some smoke out there that they're interested in Derek Singley because mm-hmm. they also know that the Jets and Giants who draft right behind them really like Sauce Gardner. And the Texans don't want one of those two teams to leapfrog them for Sauce Garden. 
Interesting. Um, say, do you think Lovey has in this draft? And do you are you thinking more it's going to be best player available or need here at this spot? I think they're look. They're in a spot where they 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 need the best player available in just about every position group. So <laughs> it's, uh, I I think it's uh, it's one of those happy marriages where they can take the best player available and it will be a position of need because they have very few good players. And uh, let's say the, the the wide receiving core. They have Brandon Cooks. Great. Um, they they don't they need more. They need more. They have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. They need more good offensive linemen. So. I think they'll take the best player available, but it's a really good question about just how much say Lovey Smith has. Remember, Nick Casario worked with Bill Belichick for two decades, and Belichick tends to have a different uh, desire or a different profile for what kind of defensive players he likes. He loves to focus more on cornerbacks who are good in man coverage. He doesn't focus on pass rushers as much. It's rare that a guy in a Belichick defense even has double-digit sacks. Lovey Smith really, really wants pass rushers. He talks about it at length. Of the uh, every team that Lovey Smith has been on in the NFL, and he's always been playing some version of the Tampa two. But whether he was a linebackers coach, a head coach, a defensive coordinator, in all those years, he's had ten first round picks spent on defensive players. Eight of those players were defensive linemen. They just they they love pass rushers. So I think if for if. If Aiden Hutchinson or if um, if Trayvon Walker were to fall to them, I think they might pull the trigger. I don't think that Kayvon Thibodeau uh, is necessarily Nick Casario's type of guy. But I think that Casario, just like he did with Belichick, is going to try to find the type of player that his head coach wants. Uh, obviously, the power dynamic's a little bit different now. <laughs> okay, it's a lot bit different in Houston. But I, I do think that he wants to do right by Lovey if it is a defensive player that they're taking. You know, you mentioned that they need basically talent at every position and that when you're drafting number three overall, there's certainly that kind of dictates the type of season you had before. That does include quarterback. And we know Davis Mills is the guy. They're at least saying, hey, he's going to be our starter for now. Everybody knows they're not taking a quarterback number three overall. It's like 24 to one for them to take that with the first position. It's not happening. But is there a chance that the Houston Texans, this is a big thing we've been talking about on the show throughout the day. And I, I think there's a lot to be said about this teams possibly trading into the back end of the first round to snag a quarterback there, get that fifth year option, but it's a little bit cheaper than, you know, similar money. Maybe what you get a guy in the second round. Is there a chance that you could see Houston maybe trading into the back end of the first round and considering taking a young, uh, you know, a quarterback there? I don't think so. Um, and I think it's a, a combination of a few factors. And I think you're right that it's the, the Texans, just being completely ignored as a quarterback player in this draft, I think is kind of telling about the quarterback class because if you, you think about any four win team headed into say last year's draft, there's no way the Texans wouldn't be talked about as taking a, a quarterback. But the, no. the one thing that Casario has really talked a whole lot about this off season is how important it is to commit time, resources, and energy into developing the guys you do have and I think that Davis Mills, whose, whose numbers on the year don't really tell the whole story of how the year went for him, when he came in in his first stint as a starter in the first half of the season, he faced a gauntlet of really good defenses. And so he was a rookie who was taken in the third round, who was raw, and was facing some of the best defenses in the league. When he came back for his second stint as a starter, he finished up with five games, 
where he did some really good things. In a lot of respects, he was the best rookie quarterback in the league over that stretch of games, small sample size. But he did some really good things. I think that he showed enough that Casario wants to focus as much energy, as many resources as possible, and to really figure out what they have with Davis Mills and to not cloud the issue with taking a quarterback that, frankly, they probably don't feel much better about than they did with, as they, with Davis Mills as a third-rounder last year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seth Payne, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. You've got BetQL Daily. Uh, what about 13? You can you can also bet on that. And as you look at some of these mocks, they're all over the place, Seth. You alluded to it. They need everything. So so uh, who's the best player on the board? I've seen Davis. I've seen Johnson out of Florida State, Penning the offensive tackle, Karloftis the edge rusher out of Purdue. Do you have a favorite that you would like to see on the board? You know, the guy that I don't see a lot, and it's, it surprises me that I don't see this guy, because if you think of the great Tampa 2 defenses, and, and really maybe the, the, a lot of the more modern, great zone-based defenses, it helps a lot if you have a, a middle linebacker that can cover, that can blitz, uh, that can be all over the place, whether you know it's a Brian Urlacher or a Derek Brooks or a Hardy Nickerson. Those Tampa 2 defenses have always done really well with those guys, and yet I don't see Devin Lloyd going to the Texans a whole lot. Now, you know, and he's going right there in the middle of the first round. A lot of times he'll go uh, above 13, he'll go below 13. Uh, I will not be surprised if they take Devin Lloyd. The only thing that holds me back a little bit is I think that I think that Casario still, you know, has that that Belichickian philosophy drilled into him of, hey, you know, if you can get if you can get an undervalued position, go ahead and take it in the second or third round. Forever in New England, the tight end was the undervalued position, and they end up getting a Gronkowski or Hernandez, um, you know, without having to spend a high high draft pick on him. So I think that they might think that same way about linebackers. So maybe maybe Nicobe Dean comes off the board in the second round for the Texans. The other guy I see mocked a lot to the Texans is Jordan Davis, who intrigues the hell out of me because he is just such a freakish athlete. I do think that he's a better pass rusher than people give him credit for because that Georgia defense, you know, they have guys play read and react a lot. They, so I'll see these criticisms of Jordan Davis where they say, well, look, he doesn't get off the ball. He doesn't get across the line of scrimmage quickly. If you watch a lot of those plays, you can see, oh, he's playing a read and react uh, technique there. He's, yes, he's not firing off the ball because that's not what he's supposed to do. When they ask him to do that, when they ask him to just get across the line of scrimmage, 
he does it really effectively. The big question, and honestly, uh, the thing I worry about with him is that he's had some weight issues. I know that he got them under control for the national championship game, but um, when, 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 when you're confronted with Tex-Mex three meals a day down here in Houston, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I'll tell you, I went from being a, a relatively svelte 4-3 defensive lineman to a uh, quintessential 330-pound nose tackle real quick. I get, they moved me from defensive end to nose tackle my sixth year in the NFL because, uh, yeah. because I met the avocado for the first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Seth, is there someone, when it comes to this number three overall pick, that you're like, please, no, please don't take this guy? Who would that be for you? Oh, I <laughs> number three overall. It's hard. If I, Kayvon Thibodeau, I have such a hard time with guys like this because, uh, you know, and I say guys like this, I don't mean Kayvon Thibodeau himself. I mean, players who have some kind of undefinable negative buzz about them because you just, you just never know. I think that Clowney had that undefinable negative buzz about him. And it's interesting that I don't, I don't think whatever reservations people had about his personality or anything are what kept him from truly living up to his, his number one overall status. I think at the end of the day, he's just a, he's a stiffer athlete who it, it can impact the football game in a lot of ways, but he just, he just wasn't the right kind of athlete to be a bendy pass rusher. With Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, he does have some of those physical concerns, but more than anything you hear about, whether it's his lack of drive or focus or what have you, I, I think they said some of the same things about Miles Garrett because somehow him being into paleontology was an issue. Um, I try to, I try to discount those things as much as possible. And yet, and yet you still do have your Josh Rosens and you've, you've got these guys where whatever the buzz was about him beforehand. Yeah. It ended up being true. That's what makes me nervous about Kayvon Thibodeau. So I'm not going to be down on a Kayvon Thibodeau pick, but I'll be very wary of it. You know, we do hear these a lot and we always talk about this time of year being lying season in the NFL, right? Where there's, some teams don't like this guy because of, well, we didn't like the way the interview went. You're like, well, do they really feel that way? Or is somebody putting out this narrative to try and get a team to trade up? Whatever. Like, you know, the teams are going to do what they can. Agents will do what they can to manipulate the situation a little bit. When you when you go through this, how often should we, like, are there, I guess it's like, is are there certain situations where it should be a red flag? Or are there times where you look at a lot of this and just say, I think a lot of this is just smoke and mirrors because everybody's telling lies at this point, this close to the draft. Because you can kind of say whatever you want. And if you create this narrative that a guy's not that likable, then I feel like it, you know, it's a team maybe wants them to drop and then they fall to them at number seven and then they've gotten what they want. I know that's kind of a put tinfoil on my head conspiracy theory, but, you know, I mean, it certainly does exist when these narratives are put out there in the public, especially this close to the draft. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think part of it is, in, in some ways, we build players up with our own narratives about, um, mm -hmm. you know, I you know, want every player to be either like a, like a J.J. Watt or an Aaron Donald who just does everything the right way all the time, you know, and, and has a six-pack abs and watches what he eats, <laughs> and he was a great student in high school. And you, you start to get to the point where you feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what, a, uh, that's what a top NFL player is like. So I think sometimes, especially with pass rushers, honestly, because, uh, you know, I've I've played with great pass rushers. I've known a bunch of them. Uh, they're a different. They're a different type. You know, they're all a little <laughs> bit crazy. Like, like, like JJ Watt is as stand up an individual as there could be. But there's a little small part of them that's, uh, you know, 
productively psychotic. And sometimes, <laughs> I mean, sometimes when, when a scout is talking to a player at the combine or in meetings, maybe they rub them the wrong way. You know, so maybe Thibodeau rubs guys the wrong way for some reason. I think that the true telltale sign is always what are the, what are the coaches at the college saying? And if a guy goes to a big time school, the coaches are going to tell the truth. You know, like if you, if you go and talk to coaches at Alabama and the Alabama coach, the Alabama coach has got nothing to gain by blowing smoke up anybody's butt. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to tell you about the red flag. You know, there was a guy that the Texans took a few years ago out of LSU and I don't, he's, he's a nice kid. Ultimately, I don't want to say his name, but he's, there were red flags and they're based on things that people in the organization had told the Texans. And, uh, you know, that's, that's when it really matters. As far as personality conflicts and clashes, that's a, I think that's a judgment decision. And you, and you look at the composition of your team. And I think sometimes there's kind of a tipping point where you can take a certain amount of knuckleheads and they don't affect anybody. Um, but if you have too many knuckleheads, you, you, you go over the tipping point. So what's the veteran <laughs> composition of my team? Uh, and, uh, and I think the other side of it too is just, is that guy, if a guy's a little bit off the wall as a personality, is he charismatic weird or is he kind of a loner weird? Because the loner weirdo is, um, he's just got personality. The charismatic bad influence can destroy your locker room and your team and destroy discipline and all those things. So you gotta, you kinda gotta, you gotta power rank what kind of weirdo the guy is. Paint Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Make sure you check him out. Some good stuff there on the draft and what the Texans are going to do at 3-13. and 13. He joined us on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. We're to GetRoman.com slash BetQL. Now to get $15 off your first month, that's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. A couple things there I want to follow up on. Also, today's MLB card, all next on BetQL Daily. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.